Hi, me again. Saturday afternoon, got a bit of a busy one this weekend, so I don't have time to, to pop out and have me walk about like I wanted to do with it, because I know you seem to be enjoying me when I do the walks about, but I thought you might like to join me from the faux Tudor effect wall. Look, not green screen or anything. In my living room for a change, rather than me poncing about in the kitchen, because the kitchen's clean today. Got a bit of a busy weekend. I've got my sister's 50th birthday party tonight, so I'm not expecting to feel brilliant in the morning, but then... Got to get up in the morning and drive to the NEC for a car thing. So uh, I can't, I can't hit it too heavy. I hope you're all having a nice, a nice weekend. I'm filming this. What's the time now? Half three Saturday afternoon. But it won't be on till tonight. I couldn't do anything tonight because obviously my sister's, my sister's party. But I hope you're having a lovely weekend. You got a bit planned? Let me know in the comments below. As always, I've got a few, few stories we can go through and have a chat about. And then I've got some of your comments as well, as always. So. Let's have a look. What's the first story I picked out for us to talk about? BBC licence fee could rocket by biggest amount in decades after a two-year freeze. Now, I know we've briefly mentioned this on the channel already. I've had loads of comments about it, loads of comments about it. I think Black Belt Barrister said something about it. And uh, loads of you are commenting, saying, it's gone up, it's gone up, it's nearly 200. It hasn't gone up yet. And it was always planned to go. It was only a two-year freeze by the government. Right? I think we were lucky to get it. But, you know, with, with the license fee being in the news so much at the minute, is that going to go through or will it get frozen again? It's going to be interesting to find out. I said this year we're going to see some change in the license fee, didn't we? And I think if it does go ahead to go up at the rate of inflation, it says here it could go up to 172 quid. The biggest increase in more than 20 years, it says here. Yeah, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of talk about it. It's already in the news. It's already higher evasion evasion rates than we've ever had. More and more people are learning about not paying the license fee. Would they risk putting it up? Well, the BBC would. Whereas we'll, would the government risk doing it? Because it was Nadine Dorries that got it frozen. Say everything you want about Nadine Dorries, but she did get that done. Will we get another freeze? I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting to know if we're going to get another freeze or not. And There's going to be a lot happening in TV licensing this year. I'm absolutely sure of it. So it's going to be worth keeping an eye on. Oh, this is one. I was walking about the other day by the boats. I mentioned this one. The refugee who stayed at Gary Lineker's house speaks out about his experience there. Now, I mentioned it briefly because, you know, credit where it's due, he's, Gary has taken in more immigrants than, than I have. I've only got one bedroom place. But he is always mouthing off about it. So he had to back it up. He had no choice but to back it up, did he? But the interesting thing here is, where was it? Although Gary is a star, he leads a simple life. He's never proud of his status. Try telling that to his Twitter. He is a very sympathetic, caring and human-loving man. He gave me an Oyster card which contained a £100 top-up for my transport to university. And Lineker cooked for him and he cooked a biryani in return. How lovely, what a wonderful, heartwarming story. Rashid expressed gratitude to Lineker for his family's hospitality over the 20-day period. 20 days, is that it? You're telling me that this guy's come over here, he's filing an asylum claim, and everything was taken care of in 20 days. What's the point of taking him in? These refugees, they need somewhere to stay for the long haul, right? I mean, I'm no expert in this, but they ain't staying in those hotels for 20 days, are they? They haven't been put up for years in many cases. So yes, whilst Gary has taken in more more refugees than I ever will. This one is there for 20 days. And he did have another one. 
There's another one that was with him for a month, I believe. So, yeah, again, not knocking the man. He's taken in more refugees than I have, so well played to Gary Lineker. But it does smack of doing it to say he did it. Because he was talking about them so much, everyone was calling him on it, saying, take one into your house then. So he did. He had to. He was backed into a corner, wasn't he? But 20 days. 20 days. I mean, I could put up with my mum living in my house for 20 days. That's how short a time 20 days is. I couldn't stand my mum living in my house any longer than that. She'll move out all my cupboards. I, I've had it before. I, at one point, I was quite lucky. I had the biggest house in the family. I'm not saying it was a mansion. I had a little three-bed semi with a garden. So Christmas was at mine one year. My mum came in early, like a week before Christmas, to prepare. I'm like, yeah, all right, mum, whatever. I come home from work one day, all my cupboards are rearranged. Everything's in a different place. She's like, oh, I liked it better like this. I don't care, <laughs> my housemate put it all back. I couldn't wait to get her out there. Do you want me to stay until New Year? No, I don't want you to stay till New Year. Get out of here. It's a nightmare. Sorry about that. The sun started shining through the window. I'm not sure how much of that I'm going to be able to rescue from the video. <laughs> looked terrible when I just clocked it on the screen there. All got blown up, all out of control, didn't it? Hopefully, I've put it on automatic now, which I don't normally like doing, but hopefully. I told you, I am rubbish. I, honestly, I am so rubbish at this. I don't know how I've got so many views and so many subscribers on this channel. I really don't know. I am proper rubbish. Some of the green screen ones are a complete mess. The walking about, I can't get the sound right. This one, I'm sitting next to a blooming window at half three on a Saturday, so the sun's <laughs> I am shocking at this. Shocking at it. Right, what else did we have? Another big supermarket chain is the close over Easter. Is your local shop affected? Yeah, there was loads going on about this, wasn't there? Look, Tesco will be pulling the shutters down on its large stores in England or nine miles on Easter Sunday. It comes as several other supermarkets already confirmed to the sun that their open hours will be over Easter bank holiday. Aldi's closing all its stores on Sunday. Sainsbury's will put down the shutters on Easter Sunday and Morrison's will be closing on Easter Sunday. Asda and Iceland uh, will close on the 9th while the Scotland shops will remain open. I don't have a problem with any of this. I mean, I know it's not really that commonplace anymore, but it's, we're a religious country, right? We are a Christian nation. And I don't know if many of us aren't practicing it, me included, but the nation still is one. And it's a big event in the in the Christian calendar, isn't it? Easter Sunday. So I've got no problem with the supermarkets being closed. I've got no problem with the supermarkets being closed at all. In fact, I don't mind it. I, I said, it agged me out a bit. Yeah, I've spent a lot of time in Spain. You can't do nothing in a Sunday in Spain. Only in the high season are the supermarkets open for a couple of hours on Sunday. Nothing else is. You ain't going clothes shopping on Sunday. Like from here, I can go to like, the Freeport in Braintree, it's like an hour away, or I can go to Clacton Shopping Village, or I can even go to like Lakeside if I want to jump in the car proper. And it'll all be open Sunday, I'm going to buy anything I want, go to Ikea, can't do anything. Yeah, annoying Spain, they take it very seriously. They're a religious country, they take their Sunday seriously. It's a family day, they go to church in the morning, and then they have a family day. And it was quite nice being part of that. That was one of the bits I did enjoy from my time in Spain. I didn't do the, well, I did the church thing a couple of times a year, but I won't gas on about that. But it was like a big family day. So yeah, I, there's been uproar about it. I've been seeing loads of tweets saying, uh, just, it's not hard, it's one day. One day they're gonna be closed for. 
Just because you aren't religious, you have to understand we're in a religious country. And, you know, I think we could be reminded of that a bit more, really. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. What else did we have here? Strikes. Over a thousand local BBC TV and radio journalists begin a 24-hour walkout over proposed cuts to service. Now, this is on Wednesday. Now, um, I had this laid out to do on the other channel, but I haven't filmed anything for the other channel this week because I had loads already already done. So I've had a nice quiet week, really. Do you know, I didn't do a video yesterday either. I'm quite pleased with myself. I had a bit of time off this week. It's nice. But it's all going on at the BBC. It's mad. It's crazy, isn't it? It's all going on at the BBC at the minute. It's like, it wasn't just Lineker. All this stuff was going on in the background. This, this is to do with the local radio. Because he want, Tim David, the boss of the BBC, wants to cut loads of the local radio. Which I think is fair enough. Really, I think it's fair enough. It's got 39 buildings all around the country. Think how many journalists and admin staff and whatever they have to have in there. And all the IT equipment and the cameras and the infrastructure for it. It's hugely expensive. Hugely expensive. And they're running at a 300 million quid a year deficit. And yet they're still doing all that with local radio. They've still got five orchestras acquire the world service with its three listeners. And they're spending fortunes on podcasts and everything, which probably is the future of the BBC, to be fair. But yeah, cuts have got to be made. They've got to be made somewhere. Why is my phone going off? Where is it? I don't know where it is. I can't reach it. Never mind. So yeah, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. So I'll be interested to see what happens with this. But it says here, look, around 25 journalists left Broadcasting House in central London just after 11am to join officials from the National Union of Journalists. The demonstrators held placards reading Stop the Cuts. And there was a few around the country as well from, from local radio offices went on strike as well. So it totaled 1,000 BBC staff in total with a 24-hour walkout. Which, yeah, I've never understood the whole walkout thing, right? Because if, if everything can go on without those thousand people, then you've got to be careful because you, you might be next in line for the chop. It wasn't, was it like six months ago? Something, maybe a bit more, actually. Tim Davey released 470 staff from BBC News, from the website, from the TV channel, from everything, right? He released 470 staff, got rid of them. Which begs the question, why did you have them in the first blooming place if you can just get rid of them like that? And how many are left? Something's got to give at the BBC, and that's why you see more headlines like this. Look, BBC board and leadership needs reviewing, experts says. Yeah, it, it, it does, doesn't it? Richard Sharp's bringing down the BBC. It's giving it a bit of a bad rep. Tim Davey, as, you know, as nice as the man seems on the surface, I, he's got to be out of his depth. He's out of his depth running that company. Ah, 3.7 billion quid a year. Let's have a look. You know, where are we? Uh, GDP per country, right? So 3.7 billion quid a year is what the BBC gets. And I've said it loads of times on here is that the, it's, that's more than the GDP of many countries. Let's have a look. God, it's quite a few. All right, some of them are quite small, like Samoa and Vanuatu, I believe that's how you pronounce it, isn't it? They're less than a billion. 3.6 billion is Guyana, I believe that's in Africa, isn't it? Sierra Leone is a big country, 3.7 billion. Burundi, Andorra, Suriname. So, all right, they're not the richest countries in the world, granted, but 
they're building roads, building bridges, putting teachers in schools, putting nurses in hospitals for the same money that the BBC only has to make TV shows and radio shows. It doesn't make any sense. If you cannot make 3.7 billion quid a year stretch, then maybe you ain't the man for the job. I, I still believe that. I still, I'm not saying I could do it. Of course I couldn't. I wouldn't stand a bloody chance. I can't even make me wages stretch till the end of the month. How the hell am I going to manage 3.7 billion quid a year? But someone out there can, and they need to get them into the BBC to do it. But hopefully soon, because they might not have 3.7 billion quid a year soon if we can get this license fee thing gone. Then uh, what was the turnover of ITV? ITV turnover for 2022. Oh, hello. God, that's changed. God, that's gone right up. Hang on, let's have a look at this. Ad revenues in the media and entertainment business were 1%. Oh, hang on, that's loads. All right, well, there is no argument now for the TV licence fee, and ITV has just proved it. I wish I'd checked these numbers earlier. I have to do a video. I'm going to bank this. Hang on. Bookmark this to talk about later. Right, and while ad revenues in the media and entertainment business were 1% lower at 2.2 billion after a record 21 result, it's said that it's still the second highest advertising revenue in ITV's history, with ad sales jumping 18% to 411 million, right? So total group revenues rose by 8% to 3.7 billion in 2022. It expects digital ad revenues to jump by around 25% in the first three quarters of 2023. So there you go. ITV now has a group revenue equal to that of the license fee. So now the BBC in no way can say we won't be able to make enough from advertising because ITV have now done it. I wish I'd looked at that. I can't believe this first time I looked at that. I told you I'm rubbish at this. Rubbish at this. So now that's it. There is no argument left at all for the TV license fee, it's over, it's over. Why can't the government see that? I'm gonna make a proper video about that, try and get that shared around. That was published on Thursday the 2nd of March. So it's possible that, you know, publications haven't picked up on it yet, I don't know. Maybe I'll do an article about it and put it out as a press release so that can get ignored by every news publication in the country again as well. But it's a fair point, isn't it, right? Total group revenues rose 8% to 3.7 billion quid. That's the same amount as the TV license fee. So we don't need the license fee anymore. ITV have officially proven it. Just looking at the, the camera on, on this computer, it looks quite posh in here. I can assure you fully that it's not. This brick wall's knackered. There's a fireplace there that just lets in all cold air. I could barely use this room in the winter. I could barely use it. I quite like my guitars though, try like this one. This is my favorite one. Nice, and it? it's a Hofner, Hofner Senator, I believe it is. And, um, yeah, when my, when my dad was poorly, he only had a few things of value like his car and that, but he had a Hofner Senator, mint conditioner, so it was beautiful. And he sold it, he didn't tell any of us. He sold it to help pay for something in the house, like pay some rent or something, I don't, we'll never know. But he didn't tell me he sold it, and after he's gone, divvying up all his stuff, you know what it's like when a family member passes away. I'm like, where, I've got his banjo, I can see all this crap that he's got. Where the hell was that guitar? I want that guitar. I'm the only one in this family that knows how to work one. I want it, where is it? We couldn't find it, we couldn't find it. He had to have sold it. And I spent three years looking for that guitar. I had, 
I was contacting like guitar shops like locally and around the country. I had watches on on eBay and on all the classified sites and everything, trying to find. I knew I would know his guitar when I see it because it had a very specific bit of damage that you wouldn't repair, but you would, it's noticeable. So I would know it if I saw it. I spent three years looking. I couldn't find it. I'm still looking now, but I couldn't find it. So I bit the bullet in the end, and that one was exactly the same. It's the exact same guitar that he had. It's just not the one he had. I've still got to look out for it. But yeah, it's nice, isn't it? I do like it. I do like it. Can't play a lot. I can play a bit. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> now on here. And the other one I've had for donkey's years. I think my mum bought me this for like my 21st or something. It's acoustic electric. It's quite nice. It's quite nice. And I'm in the market at the minute for a proper electric. I want to get a proper electric. I want to learn to shred. I've got a friend of mine who's in a rock band and I'm quite into that sort of thing. And uh, I want to learn to proper shred it. So uh, I'm in the market at the minute. In the market at the minute for a nice electric. When I find it, I'm sure you'll see it because it'll be on the wall. Mind you, I won't be in here by then, but they'd be on the wall even nicer in the new gaff if I ever move in there. I did get some paperwork back from the new gaff on Friday. If you're interested, it's still... Still being a bit slow, but hopefully by next week they're going to be able to give me a completion date, which will be nice. Because it's getting silly now. And when was it? I, I said I was going to check to know when it was. Hang on. When, I, when this whole conveyancing thing started. Let's log into this and have a look. And when did we start this process? 23rd of January. So it's been two months. But the, um, the mortgage offer only lasts, what, 90 days, doesn't it? I've got a comment about that. So I'm hoping they get their arse in gear a bit with it. Speaking of your comments, let's uh, stop me rambling on. Let's have a look at some of your comments then. What we got? Work computer, John. Come. What is wrong with you, John? Click the bloody thing, mate. You mentioned a referendum on the TV licence. Never have the electorate in this country voted to accept one in the first place. Are we all living in a dictatorship or are we one by a shadow business organisation? You make a fair point. I don't understand why there isn't a referendum. And as, as I've just found out live what, with you, there's no excuse for having it anymore. So I can't understand. We put the B word to the people. Why can't we put the TV license fee to the people? Because the BBC now could stand on their own two feet being commercial if they showed good enough stuff anyway, couldn't they? They'd be incentivized to do it better and to streamline themselves. There's no excuse for it anymore. It needs to go to the people. I don't understand why we can't have that. I, I fail to understand. I live just outside Glasgow. You will love the NC500. I guarantee you'll want to do it again. Hope you enjoy and have a good few whiskies. Just watch out for some of the roads up there. It can be a tad dodgy. Yeah, I'm hearing good things about the NC500. And I'm going to camp as well. I'm going to, I've got, a, got hold of a little tent. And I'm going to get a couple of other bits of gear. Because I've got to cut back on stuff. But I'm no stranger to some of these dodgy roads. This is my hobby and has been for many years driving the dodgy roads of Europe. I've done them all. I've done all the passes in Switzerland, for instance, and I've did the Stelvio Pass quite a few times. That's where I fell in love with in a bath. I had a week off work, and um, I thought I want to do something fun because I just got divorced and I wanted to cheer myself up a bit. So um, I rented a sports car in Milan. I flew out to Milan. I thought I'm going to have a week driving around Italy in my sports car, and that will get me back to me. So I'm going to eat pasta, drink wine every night, and then drive mountain roads all day in my sports car. And when I got there, I went to the Avis desk and I said, where's my sports car, please? It was a Alfa Romeo 4C. It's quite expensive to rent. It cost me a few quid. 
They went, oh no, we're really sorry, but the guy who had it before you crashed it this morning. So you can't have it. I was absolutely fuming. I said, what have you got? And I had all these crappy normal cars and a couple of Citroëns. No, I've flown all the way out here for this. Give me a car. And I said, well, the only thing we've got that you might think is fun is a, is a little Abarth 595. Do you want that? I went, just give us that. And they give me a refund as well. So I had this Abarth. And um, yeah, I had a great time. Great time there. And it took out the Stelvio Pass, which was Top Gear's greatest driving road. And it took it out there a couple of times. And went to the Ferrari factory and it went all right. I just fell in love with it. And I came home. And um, the first thing I did when I come home was sold my Mini Cooper S and went and bought, went and bought on a bath. And that started the, the love affair. But I've done the banger rallies as well. I've been all over. I'm not scared. Some of these roads we've been on, terrifying. And that's what knackered my old Jag as well. One year we were doing a banger rally and uh, it was a 500 quid car limit. Right, so we bought, I think it was an old Mercedes 180C class, and we got to the end of the road that we bought it on, and the suspension collapsed, and we had to get it tight. And then I bought a Volvo, I can't remember what Volvo it was, some crappy old saloon Volvo. And then that threw uh, an injector a couple of days before we were due to go. So that's the second car for that trip. So this 500 quid car is now like over 800 quid. And then we went out and bought a Vauxhall... Mariva, like the Mark 1 one, it was red, and I thought I could do it up like the 18 van, that would be fun, and that blew, it head, that blew its head gasket a day before we were due to go, we run out of money, I said, we can't do this, I can't buy any more cars, like me and my teammate, I said, we can't buy any more cars, so we have my old Jag, and we put, I'll put some pictures on there, put some stickers on my old Jag, and uh, and yeah, off we went all round, all round Europe on a banger rally, it was good fun. Good fun. Yeah, I'm no stranger to that. That is my idea of fun, is a drive around Europe. Sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but you can't get me started talking about driving, because I, I love it. Me and the missus bought a house last year. Offer accepted in March. We only got to move in September. Blimey. So he offer accepted in March. Does it always take this long? Because there's no chain in mine either, right? Because it's a little flat, and it was an investment property. So, and it's empty. There's no chain. They're just cashing in an investment. And I don't have a chain because I'm a first-time buyer. But it still seems to be taking a long time. Is this normal? I don't know. Stay strong. How the solicitors for updates? We almost lost the house as our offer date was running out. Yeah. It's a problem, isn't it? I can't believe how long it takes. And the thing that scares me most of all is I only plan to be in this place for a couple of years. This is a stepping stone while I really try and save up, I'm gonna be living on beans and toast for two years and try and save every penny I can so that I can make the next move up. Because this is a leasehold, and I don't want a leasehold, I want a little freehold house, a little terraced house, something cheap but a freehold. So this is like a stepping stone, so I wanna be out of here in two years, hopefully. But then I've gotta go through all this again. And then there'll be a chain. So it's gonna be even longer. Dreading it. John, can you please explain to me why people are still fool enough to pay the license fee to the BBC? Now, I can understand it if your vehicle license, because it's easy to enforce by the government and police and hard to avoid, but the TV license fee is easy to avoid and hard to enforce by the BBC and the government. Yeah, it's, it's, many people believe that you just have to pay it. That's the problem. I told you, when I first moved out, I didn't want to, they were moving to Bulgaria, I got kicked out, gutted, I was 22, something like that kicked out and I got this grotty little basement flat in Clacton. It was awful. It was like a crack den. It was all I could afford. And um, 
the first thing mum said to me is pay all your bills and pay your license fee because they've got detector vans, you know, you don't want to get into trouble and get a big fine or go to court. Dear. She actually said that to me. That's public. That The BBC have nurtured this for many, many years. They And they're not going to change it. They like people being scared into paying it. But the way everything's happened at the minute, more and more people are coming round. More and more people are learning that you don't have to pay the licence fee. And it is shifting. And it will get to that point where, it, you know, enough of the people that you know do it, you're still adamant. That you, I still get it every day. I still get emails every day saying, you can't avoid paying a licence fee. You have to pay it. It's the law. I still get those emails every day. But enough people being converted and enough stories in the papers and stuff, these people are adamant that you must pay it will start to change their opinion. And that's that'll be the tipping point, I think. I know. Try a Doom Bar. Great beer. Uh, we were talking about beer when I was in the kitchen the other day, weren't we? I was saying what my favourites were. Try a Doom Bar. The problem I've got with Doom Bar, I've seen it, but I don't know if Weatherspoon still do it, but when they released a new menu, I think it was like four or five years ago, something like that, Doom Bar Pie appeared on there and with veg and potatoes and that. And it was a good meal for like the tenner with a drink, right? But there was something in there that just went straight through me. And I thought it was maybe something I had at work. So a few weeks later, I liked the pie. I had another one straight through me again. So now I call it the pie of doom, not doom. But so I'm, I'm worried about trying the beer because maybe it's the beer because nothing else in Weatherspoons flies straight through me except for the doom bar pie. So I've got to put it down to the beer. So I, I don't know. I'll have to next time. <laughs> next time I'm constipated, I'll try a doom bar and I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> God. Hi Chili, if you're coming to Scotland later in a year, look me up and we'll go for a curry. I do want to start doing stuff like that. I do want to start doing meetups so we can have a chat with some people and you can be in the videos or whatever if you want and that. I am going to start doing that. I've said that my contract in Malden runs out soon where I'm working in Malden during the day or a couple of days a week. I won't tell you what days. But um, we'll have a meetup in the Weatherspoons or something there. And I want to start travelling around more with summer coming. I'm going to start going to a few places and maybe I'll announce it beforehand and I can meet a couple of you and we can have a beer and, and a chat and you can help me help me do a video. So I think that'll be quite good fun, don't you? Let me know if that's something you're interested in. I might I might really push to do that this summer. I pay my license for a peaceful life. I have no TV, just a smartphone. They're always texting me the license mob. So you don't have a TV, but you pay your license fee for a peaceful life. Now, I know that just because not having a TV doesn't mean you don't need to pay a license fee. If you access live TV on your phone or you use your phone to access BBC iPlayer, then not, you, yeah, you do need a television license. Of course you do. But you pay it for a peaceful life. It's, I'm having quite a peaceful life for a long time. Years. And I haven't paid the license fee. I get the odd letter through the door. It's no big deal. I can laugh them off for 159 quid a year, a letter every couple of months. Sounds pretty peaceful to me for the 100, but you know, I've always said, I don't, if you want to pay it, pay it. It doesn't bother me. If you use the service, you should pay it. If you want to pay it because you feel you should pay it, pay it. No mind. I just, I think more people need to understand that if you don't want to pay it, you, you don't have to as long as you stick to certain rules. Oh, I'm all out of questions. Good, because we're after four o'clock now and I've got to go jump in the shower, get ready. I didn't bought my sister a present, you know, it's her 50th birthday, I didn't bought her a present. But she's carless at the minute and I bought my niece a car 
talked about it, it's not ULES compliant anymore, so she's not got it. She's gone and got herself a Vauxhall Adam. So I've got this 09 plate, 1.9 I think it is, diesel, say Ibiza, just parked, sitting there. So I went in for its MOT today. That might have been what that was on my phone over there a minute ago. And if that passes, I'm going to let my sister run around in that until, until she sorts herself out. Because she had a van, but it was knackered. So I think it was a van. And she's running around in... What is it? What registration is it? It's like an R or a T plate KA. You know, the old shape KA as well, which is fine. I don't mind. I've, I've had three of those. I like them. I even had the street car. God, I got ripped for that. The people at work, pro I'm turning up to work in a three-piece suit <laughs> in a 500 quid Ford street car with a roof off. I don't care. I was having a great time. So yeah, I will get her a present or I'll bung her a couple of quid or something and she's going to get a free say Ibiza out of it and all. That'll be all right. So yeah, that's what I'm doing tonight. If anyone's local to me and feels like driving me home at one in the morning because I'm pissed, do let me know in the comments below. Speaking of comments, leave your comments below and I'll try and pick a few out. These are the videos that I pick them out from. So if you want, if you want your comment to be picked out for me to discuss, these are the best videos to leave your comment on because these are the ones that I really monitor the comments on. So yeah, leave your comment below. Hope you have a good weekend. As I said, let me know in the comments what you're doing, if you're doing anything fun. So I'm 90% sure I'm going to be going to the NEC in the morning for a classic car show, which is up there, because one of my mates is working on a stand up there, and I quite like a classic car. Mike Brewer's going to be there. Maybe I'll get to meet him, maybe I won't. If you're going up to that, let me know, and uh, you know, and I might, might even meet you up there. You know, We'll have a very, very overpriced coffee in the NEC together, right? Anyway, it's enough rambling. Been going on a long time now. Ta-da.